have questions about your health? A simple pill won't fix your problems. And there's so many points and opinions on the internet that a web search just leaves you more confused. So why not take the time and listen to those who know best? Rider University's Health Studies Institute presents Health 411. Truthful health information to expand your knowledge and perspective right here and now. So let's bring it to your host, Dr. Jonathan Carp, Professor of Biology, Behavioral Neuroscience, and Health Sciences. 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com, live from the Killarney's Public House Studios. Welcome to Health 411. I'm Dr. Jonathan Karp. The Ryder University Health Studies Institute presents Health 411, truthful health-related information to expand your knowledge and your perspective. The Ryder University Health Studies Institute communicates cross-disciplinary perspectives affecting health and wellness, public health, healthcare policy, and the business of health and healthcare. I'm in, to, I'm in the studio today with Diamond McNellis, our producer. Our topic for today is an introduction to stem cells. We're going to talk about what stem cells are, what they can be used for, what they mean for you, and we're going to talk a little bit about research on stem cells. And I'm assuming stem cells, Diamond, is a topic that you hear a lot about in some of your classes here. Yes, classes. I do. I hear a lot about it in my classes and as well personally in my family. Excellent. Well, I hope to get to that a little bit. Well, let's begin by talking about what stem cells are. We hear about stem cells a lot in the press. There are some ethical concerns. There are research concerns. And I think there's a, probably a lot of misinformation out there um, and a lot of good information out there about stem cells. And hopefully we will touch on all of that. What makes a stem cell a stem cell? Well, as we all know, we are all made up of a lot of different cell types in our bodies. Our cells make tissues and our tissues make organs. And all these cells come from the single uni unification of a sperm and an egg when we were um, sort of uh, created whether it be in vitro or the old-fashioned way. And from those cells, from the, that original cell, cell division happens, cell division happens, cell division happens. And eventually we become a human being. We become the organism that we are. A stem cell, by definition, is a cell that hasn't decided what it's going to be yet. A stem cell, when we first start out, when that one cell becomes two cells, that those two cells or that one cell has all the genetic material, has all the DNA that we will ever have. And at that first cell division, this is even before implantation happens, if you, if you go the old-fashioned way, um, that is the cell, that's basically a, a, a totipotent cell. This is a cell that can become anything, and it will. Through the process of cell division, there's a gradual process of differentiation, and cells will become destined to be skin cells, destined to be nervous system cells, destined to be all the muscle cells, heart cell, everything that we have in our body. And as that process goes on, a totipotent cells become what's called pluripotent. And that means that they become like all cell types, but not completely everything. And then a process happens and it slowly gets more and more specific to cells become multipotent, which meaning they can become many kinds of things. And those early cells and these other kinds of cells are all different examples of 
stem cells. So stem cells, by definition, are cells that have the ability to develop into many different cell types. Did I get it right? Yeah, sounds pretty good. <laughs> sounds good. You sounds agree with pretty that? good, yes. And so what conceptually, before we even go into uh, how they're sort of made in the lab and how they're used for research and uh, this idea of regenerative medicine is that one could conceptually consider the power of these cells. These cells, if you have a disorder or something going wrong in your body and you can identify a certain kind of cell or a cell type or an organ um, that has, is dying and creates a kind of human disease, the promise of stem cells is it's possible conceptually and theoretically that you you can take cells that have the potential to be a lot of different kinds of cells. You can coax them, and we'll talk a little bit about how that works, into a place um, where they can become the cell type that you need. And the idea is if you can put these cells back in the body, they may be able to restore the function of cells that are dying in a disease sort of state. And you know, people have been using stem cell therapy for 70 years now, starting or so when people, we all heard the word bone marrow transplants. Those work because they're basically a type of stem cell therapy. So stem cell and, you know, that kind, those kinds of, the idea is you take bone marrow cells um, out of somebody, um, uh, you deplete their own bone marrow cells and you put new bone marrow cells in. And that, that kind of therapy has been going on for a long time. Um, so what we have is these cells, we call them stem cells, they're capable of dividing, they're, they're undifferentiated, unspecified, and then if you can s differentiate them or get them to become specialized cells, they have a lot of promise in medicine. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, good. And what happens is when we all start out and we are just a couple of cells, all the cells that make us are stem cells, right? And so one source that we'll talk about of, of stem cells are what's called um, embryonic stem cells. Embryonic stem cells are those early stem cells from those early cell divisions that happen from the time you have a fertilized egg uh, to, to a... To a, a a group of cells that's called a blastocyst, which is something around uh, 128 cells or so. And it's around the blastocyst stage of um, embryonic development that a fertilized egg, which is now a blastocyst, will actually implant into the uterine wall. Those cells are what's called embryonic stem cells. Um, there are also naturally occurring fetal stem cells. As a fetus starts to grow, the cells that are in there start out with a lot of capabilities, depending on their location and where they are, they are coaxed to be nervous system cells, or they're coaxed to be liver cells, or they're coaxed to be, you know, reproductive cells. And those are fetal uh, stem cells. Even when we are born and we we're walking around, even us now, we have stem cells still in our body. Um, now they're what they'd be, they'd be called somatic or sometimes called adult stem cells. These are cells that are part of our body's natural rejuvenation thing, like in our skin. Our skin sheds, right? It dies off, but new cells come. They're in our retina, in our skin, in our liver, in our bone marrow. So we have these adult stem cells. Um, and those are sort of the, the main sort of categories or sources of stem cells that are out there. There are embryonic stem cells um, that come from a, a, a blastocyst, which is, you know, a five or so day old um, embryo. There are 
what called fetal stem cells, and that's where a lot of controversy uh, historically has been. Research is sort of getting away from fetal stem cells because the the, the greatest source of them is um, aborted yeah. fetal tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's one source. Other people, there's ethical concerns that we can talk about, about you know people getting pregnant just to make stem cells for yes. research and things like that. Um, but a lot of research and a lot of cutting-edge research now is being done on adult stem cells. These are stem cells that are harvested um, from an, an adult organism. There are fewer of them than there are in fetal stem cells or embryonic stem cells. Um, but the idea is that one can take these cells, put them into cell culture, and and in some cases, they've actually created what are called immortalized cell lines. So they, they, they can take like embryonic stem cells from in vitro fertilization before implantation for both animals and humans now, and then have these cells sort of grow in culture. And if you do it the right way, you can prevent those cells from differentiating on their own. And you can have these cell lines, and if they keep dividing and dividing, and they may maintain their embryonic phenotype, what they're they're with their markings for embryonic they're called immortalized cell lines of embryonic stem cells um and those sort of things are, are 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 out there and are used for a lot of research there's also a type of stem cell now uh that is what we will talk about a little bit later in our show they're called like in, induced pluripotent stem cells these are stem cells that, are, that you can take from and you know and there's some research and controversy with this but the thinking behind it is is you can take adult stem cells or even adult cells and coax them reactivate or insert express genes that are um, that had been turned off since those cells were, embry- were embryos and sort of create uh, a, a pluripotent cell through a process called transdifferentiation as you take a differentiated cell and you can induce it back to the the, the, em- the, the sort of the embryonic kind of type and we're going to talk about that kind of reprogramming um, later in the show. Does it sound like a good show to you today, Diamond? Yes, I'm very interested uh, and, in And this. I want to make sure that, that you're on board with this. So what we have in a general um, introduction to stem cells is we have the, 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 the historical sources of stem cells, which are embryonic stem cells, and we have adult or somatic stem cells um, that are sort of the, the current thing, but we will talk about all these sort of things. And the bottom line, when people talk about stem cell research, what they are talking about is cells that haven't decided what they're going to be yet. They have the same DNA as all the cells in your body, but these are cells that, you know, for whatever reason, they haven't been told or they haven't decided themselves, and that's an important designation that we're going to get to, whether I want to be a nervous system cell, whether I want to be a liver cell, whether I want to be a cell that makes, you know, things that are in my blood. Um, And then... There's the, the, the research into sort of like the, this, this magic soup that one can do to help control what they are and control the differentiation. Um, and that's why, because of the potential of stem cells, some people call them God cells, because these are cells that have a lot of possibilities, um, but just don't know what they're going to be yet. And we're going to have an exciting show. I can see it in, in, in Diamond's <laughs> eyes. So we'll be right back with more healthcare talk after these brief underwriting announcements 
announcements. You're listening to Health 411 on 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 TheBronc.com. A dose of knowledge a day keeps a doctor away. Rider University's Health Studies Institute presents Health 411. And back with your daily dosage is Dr. Jonathan Carr, Professor of Biology, Behavioral Neuroscience, and Health Sciences. 1077 The Bronx, 1077TheBronc.com. Live from the Killarney's Public House Studios, you're listening to Health 411. I'm in the studio today with Diamond McNellis. I'm Dr. Jonathan Karp, and we're here talking about stem cells. Stem cells are unique cells that we have in our body. We all have them. We all come from them. These are cells that are capable of dividing and renewing. They are unspecialized. They are not terminally differentiated yet, and they can give rise to specialized kind of cells. And we were talking about the different kinds of stem cells. Um, we were talking about embryonic stem cells, and we were talking about adult stem cells. Um, and and understanding the sort of the factors, the magic soup that can, at least experimentally, when you get these cells out of the body, that can coax them to either maintain an undifferentiated stake or coax them to be the kind of cells we want them to be. For example, if I have undifferentiated cells and I have a disorder where let's say certain neurons in my brain have died, if I can coax those cells to be neurons number one, and then the kind of neurons that I need to replace the function that a cell died in my body, this would be conceptually a great breakthrough in medicine. So if I have a disorder, let's just pick one, like Parkinson's disease, and I know what cells die in Parkinson's disease, if I could coax undifferentiated cells into dopamine-secreting neurons, which are the kinds of cells that die in Parkinson's disease, I might be able to restore uh, the function in a Parkinson's disease patient by putting these cells um, into the body in a place where the dopamine is needed. And so a lot of research into stem cells is not always on that grand, the grand level. A lot of the, the basic science, the research in the stem cells is we know that we have these cells that, uh, we have cell lines, we have these cells that can be a lot of different things and under natural conditions they do differentiate into neurons or muscle cells or liver cells or bone marrow or uh, cells in the bone marrow that produce blood and the um and the, the cellular components of blood. And a lot of the research in stem cells is based on both the, the, the magic soup that I call it, what kind of things can we put on the cells to control the differentiation or coax them to be the kind of cells we want them to be. And there's also a lot of research that looks on the internal signals of these cells. Because remember, all the cells in your body, no matter where they come from, have the same DNA, except your sperm and your eggs, which have half of your yes. DNA. So all the cells in your body have the same DNA, but the cells in your body, when you're an, a, a mature organism, um, they do very, very different things because parts of the DNA is turned on, parts of it's turned off, parts of it's only turned on at certain times. So some of the things that make cells stem cells is has to do with the internal signaling, sort of the combination of the the the, the micro environment that the cells are that the cells are are living in, in addition to what's happening um, and the, the, the fancy word for this epigenetic factors mm -hmm. about the interaction between what's happening outside of the cell and what's happening inside the cell. Now with these 
conceptually, you know, cell-based therapies, stem cell-based therapies, which are the ultimate goal of stem cell research, um, uh, the, uh, which are, are wonderful, but there are a lot of risks, problem, you know, inherent problems of just taking stem cells and putting them in. So a lot of research in stem cells is not always directly related to the human condition. A lot of research in stem cells is trying to understand the internal signals that make a cell a stem cell to keep it there, what parts of the DNA are turned on what parts of the DNA are turned off to, to maintain that, that embryonic phenotype. And that's just a fancy word for what it looks like. Um, also, a lot of the research in stem cells is related to trying to find the magic cocktail. And it's not just one thing. It's a, if you have an undifferentiated cell and you want to coax that cell to be a certain kind of differentiated cell, you might need to start out with a certain kind of, you know, uh, medium is what it's called, but it's basically the, the conditions under which the cell is living. And that, that, the, the, that medium might have to change over time mm -hmm. um, as the cells become passed from cell culture to cell culture. And you also want them to be the right kind of cell. So you have to understand the basic cell type you're trying to study, the cell markers. So if you coax this thing, it's like, I don't know, that sort of looks like an astrocyte, but I don't, is it really an astrocyte? Well, you have to have an understanding of what an astrocyte, which is a cell from the nervous system, a kind of glial cell, actually looks like so you can compare the cell that you have created in vitro in a cell ditch with what the phenotype or what the markers might be. So most of the research that is stem cell research doesn't get a lot of press um, because, you know, it, it doesn't make a good tweet or something that, you, you know, oh, my God, I discovered a new, you know, a, a new thing to put in my soup that's going to keep these cells, you know, alive better or keep them in this state longer or coax them to be more and more. The stuff that gets in the news is like, oh, my God, this happened good or this happened bad related to stem cells. Um, but the unique properties of stem cells, which, which as I said before, means they have the capability to divide, they have the capability at self-renewing, and they're not, they're not specified. They haven't terminally differentiated into what they're going to be. That is sort of a lot of the what's called basic science, which is a little bit different than the clinical kind of science that goes on. That being said, if you understand the basic science of diseases, right, and I mentioned Parkinson's disease, that's one of the classic ones. People have a not always why, and there are different kinds of Parkinson's disease. There's an idiopathic type of an, un, you know, who knows what causes it. But there's also a familial, um, there's a genetic component. But with other diseases like that too, whether it's type 1 diabetes, which is juvenile diabetes, whether it's a, after a stroke or a spinal cord injury or a heart attack, um, Alzheimer's disease, I'll look at some of the list here, burns, uh, different kinds, like rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, some of these kinds of disorders, people have a pretty good idea of what cells aren't working or have stopped working. And so the promise of this kind of, you know, I don't want to call it a magic cell, but it's a cell that, you know, could be a lot of different things is, 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 is pretty, pretty big. You're looking at me, Diamond, like you're itching to say something. Yeah. So from my personal experience, my brother is looking into utilizing his own stem cells to help I don't want to say regrow, but his he has de degenerative disc disease, mm -hmm. and he's in the process of looking into and getting the preliminary 
consultation and all that type of stuff for stem cells, and they would take it out of his hip and then re-transplant it back in. Okay, now you bring up a very, in, in, I'm sorry to hear about your brother, <laughs> I hope, and I hope this goes well for him, but you bring up, a, before we get to that, let's, let's take a step back and mm-hmm. sort of explain what you're what you're getting at here. In this case that you're describing, um, your brother is an adult male, so he would be considered an adult, but he still has stem cells in his body. Yes. And the idea is, yes, the idea is if one could harvest these stem cells, one of the largest sources of them in the adult body, I guess it would be bone marrow. Yep. And the, the, one of the, you know, I guess they would have to sort of from your hip, mm-hmm. they would go into probably the iliac crest and harvest bone marrow. Yes. Right? Yeah. I get it right? And, and so they would harvest these cells, and the idea of them is if you can take stem cells out of his bone marrow, and you could put these cells into what I'm calling the magic soup, the, the, this magic sort of thing, you could to- coax these cells that came out of the bone marrow, which is the, the jelly-like thing in the middle of your bone, and they take it out of the hip because it's just a very large bone and yes. you're not going to miss it. and you can, <laughs> It doesn't move like other bones. Um, and so they can. Co- the idea then would be to coax these undifferentiated cells into a kind of cell that they want it to be. In your brother's case, they probably want to coax the cell into, to be cartilage. Cartilage, yes. And then my the idea is if I if through time in the lab in a petri dish I could coax these cells into being cartilage cells, I could then take the cells out of the petri dish and then put them back into the same patient. The advantage of that, and this comes from these sort of self-transplants that can happen, is if they get all that right, and they can theoretically do it right, the idea of tissue rejection won't happen. And one of the risks that is that if I use stem cells from you know a, a different person um, or even a, a different animal, there's the risk of tissue rejection, and that can create you know either graft versus host disease or you know some sort of you know, immune response mm-hmm. that could be pretty nasty. So there's, there's two things going on. There are self-transplants in the world of stem cell therapy. That's the kind of thing your brother's looking into. Yep. Um, there are also uh, stem cell therapies where you use cells that come from other people or other animals. Yep. Two different things. So this is a great topic. We will continue this discussion. Um, and some more healthcare talk after some brief underwriting announcements. You're listening to Health 411 on 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 The Bronx. From healthcare to the environment around us and everything in between, Rider University's Health Studies Institute presents Health 411. Dr. Jonathan Carr, professor of biology, behavioral neuroscience, and health sciences, is here expanding your knowledge and perspective. Welcome back to 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 TheBronc.com. We're live from the Killarney's Public House Studios. This is Health 411. I'm Dr. Jonathan Karp, and we're here talking about stem cells. Um, we were talking at the end of the last segment of the idea that one could take stem cells out of your body, and in, 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 the, in the case that Diamond mentioned, her brother's body, these are cells that are, haven't decided what they're going to be yet. The largest source of them in an adult person is probably the bone marrow. And in the bone marrow, there are two general families of, of kinds of cells. There are cells that are, that, are, that are sort of pluripotent, multipotent kind of things that can be can induced to be 
red blood cells, white blood cells, and the other kinds of cells of the blood. And then there are other cells that are called stromal stem cells. And those are the kinds of cells that can be induced to be things like um, um, cartilage that can be induced to be fat, that can be induced to be bone. Um, the mesenchymal stem cells? Yes, yes. Mes another word for them is yeah. mesenchymal stem cells. Stromal stem cells and mesenchymal. Two words for the same thing. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> How about that science education here at Rutgers? Right? And so the idea is, in this case, is if you can harvest those cells, isolate them, and in create the the environment the micro environment that's appropriate for them you can make them in this case cartilage cells and then if you have a disorder where cartilage is sort of dying and cartilage is going away you can induce these cells to take the place of the cartilage cells i do want to ask just to clarify that they're not just taking out the stem cells from your bone marrow and injecting them right into the disc no they are differentiated in a petri dish yes Okay, because I know that's a question that gets asked a lot. Yeah, that's true. They don't take them right out. The idea, remember, the idea is you want to create cells that you know what they are. Yes. You certainly don't want to take stem cells out and put them in a place where cartilage is needed mm -hmm. and have those cells turn into like liver cells, because that's actually one of the risks of stem cell research. And it's one of the things, isn't it great? We can put stem cells in, they do this, they do that. But what's the definition of a tumor? <laughs> what is a tumor? <laughs> cells that just keep dividing. Yeah, cells that just keep dividing. And so instead of being terminally differentiated and stop dividing and take on the function of what they need at the right time, mm -hmm. these are cells that just start dividing and they're secreting stuff and they do all this sort of thing. And that can be really bad. Yeah. Right. And um, we'll talk in, in the next segment of some of the cautionary tales related to this sort of stuff. Um, but the idea is you put in, 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 in if you want to use your own stem cells, which is one way of doing it, um, is you take these stem cells, you can make them into the kind of cell you want them to be, and then put them where they're needed, right? Now, that has a lot of value in addition to just regenerative medicine, because in the process of trying to coax the cells into what you want them to be, you can learn a lot about human development. You can mm -hmm. lear learn a lot about how cells form tissues and how tissues form organs. Um, you learn a lot about normal cell division and and abnormal cell division in terms of birth defects, because people study all these different stages of the cells as they're growing there. These stem cells like this are also being used in research laboratories to test new drugs, both chemotherapeutic drugs or toxicity of drugs and things like that. Um, they're also with the idea is that if you can coax them into the kind of cells that you need, that's where cell-based therapy and cell-based medicine comes in. So these are sort of, in a sense, they're, they're diseases in a dish. There are things that about stem cells that can be studied, that we can learn about basic biology. In addition, to um, just being used in regenerative medicine, right? And the idea of using stem cells in regenerative medicine, that's not cloning. That's another thing that I hear about. Yes. They, they, people connect stem cells and cloning, and cloning is a completely different thing that we could talk about in a different segment, but the idea of cloning is that you can either clone an organism, like Dolly the sheep is a famous one, mm -hmm. they can do it with mice, they can do it with cats, and 
you know, there's one secret or weird group that claims to have done it with humans. Um, but that's completely di- a different kind of thing than, than stem cell therapy. There's also the idea in regenerative medicine that, you know, maybe you could, you know, clone an organ and have a whole organ grow. That's certainly not the case yet. Um, yes, I've heard that yeah. where then you don't have to wait on a donor list and stuff like that if you can grow you grow an, your own an organ yeah. yeah wouldn't you know theoretically wouldn't that be lovely but one of the things that you that when we teach about biology and development we talk about cells form tissues to form organs and so the stem cell promise is really right now into the cells not Yes. Entire tissues, not entire We're not there. organs. Yeah. That's sort of science fiction, and it makes some you know great storytelling and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But the promise right now of stem cell therapy is I could grow these sort of things. So if I've lost you know cells in a disease, if I've had a heart attack, and I know that you know my 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 cardiac muscle cells have died, maybe I can restore that by putting my own or you know cells that are going to be heart cells into the body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sort of it's, it, I mean the idea behind it is really really cool um, but like I said the, the magic is understanding these things and not creating more problems because if you put cells into the body like I said you want this the, the, the process of specialization to stop you don't want the cells to continue to differentiate so understanding the soup that they're in is a really important thing mm-hmm. yeah and I know that it's talked about very frequently about using stem cells in cancer and treating cancers, but from my research that I have come to sort of figure out is that it's not just stem cells, and I know you've used the word cocktail. It's a cocktail, a mixture of all different types of medications, and I know that in at least the case of leukemia, you go through your first two rounds of chemotherapy and the refractory cancers, the ones that don't respond to chemotherapy, you're treated with monoclonal antibodies, stuff like that. And then you're given stem cell injections to revamp your bone marrow so that you can keep being treated by the chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. It's not just treating and killing the cancer with stem cells. So I think that's a large disconnect that people don't understand. Well, there's two things going on there. Mm -hmm. One is in traditional bone marrow therapy, people have some sort of cancer of the bone marrow Mm -hmm. and they're given really, really nasty drugs that will kill the cancer cells, which by division are, by definition, are cells are dividing out of control. Yep. Um, But it it also kills healthy cells. Mm -hmm. Among the healthy cells that it kills are cells that divide, which are are stem cells that are Mm -hmm. sort of self-replenishing, keeping themselves alive. So the idea is if we give enough of these nasty drugs that'll knock out all the cancer cells, then maybe we can replenish the bone marrow Mm -hmm. with these stem cells from outside the body, from these exogenous sources. So the idea would be knock out all these bad cells and then put in cells and hopefully these stem cells will, will replenish the bone marrow and take on the same functions of that kind of thing. Now a question I have is even if you are able to do that and you inject stem cells back in, if there's still 
say molecules or certain things that are inducing a tumor microenvironment, if that issue is not addressed, can't Bingo. the cancer just come that right back? That is a major problem with some of the stem cell therapies. If you have an underlying disease and certain cells are dying, if you just restore the cells, the cause of the disease might still be there. So if you have an autoimmune disease where your body is producing like antibodies that are going to kill a certain cell type in your body, and you do, and you replace those cell type, you're still going to your body will generate antibodies, and you'll still have the autoimmune disease. So that in itself doesn't cure it, right? The other thing that you were sort of alluding to mm -hmm. uh, before was you know in not just using stem cells to replace cells that are bad. Stem cells have especially you know neural stem cells have some special features that have been used. These are cells that have sort of started to go down the, the nervous system path, but you can. Um, using the tools of sort of genetics and the sort of the tools of, tools of cell biology, put things into these cells. Sometimes you can put in um, a pro uh, chem chemotherapy. These are so these are you can put into these cells molecules that are not toxic, but when get into the body can be toxic. Mm -hmm. You can put in the ability to make certain kinds of antibodies, and the idea being is you can deliver drugs via neural stem cells. Um, whether the or even enzymes that will cause sort of like oncolytic activity that will kill tumor kinds of cells. And the neat thing about using cells that have sort of started out on, in the nervous system path is you can use them as delivery mechanisms to deliver you know, drugs or enzymes or even, you know, you know, gold nanoparticles um, that can then be heated up to kill tumors. And some of these things can directly find tumors too. So there's a, there's a wide variety of research going on on stem cells. It's all not, you know, we're going to go right away and, you know, take these things out and inject them and, you know, restore these functions right away. There's a lot of clever people, a lot of clever things looking at it. And I just want to reiterate is that the major sources of stem cell now, stem, cell, stem cells now is not embryonic tissue. They're not, the research from it is not just coming from, you know, the, 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 the cells that are left over after an abortion. A lot of these cells are now in cell lines, they're immortalized. Even the ones that are used for after in vitro fertilization, that's not fertilization that happens in, in the traditional way in the mm -hmm. fallopian tube. Mm -hmm. These are cells that are put together and usually by the time the cells are the 64, 128 stage, um, which is called a blastocyst, that, those are the stem cells that are used from the inner cell mass um, there. So we'll be right back and we're going to talk about some more about the ethics of stem cell research after these brief underwriting announcements. You're listening to Health 411 on 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 The Bronx. A dose of knowledge a day keeps a doctor away. Rider University's Health Studies Institute presents Health 411. And back with your daily dosage is Dr. Jonathan Carr, Professor of Biology, Behavioral Neuroscience and Health Sciences. 1077 The Bronx, 1077 TheBronc.com, live from the Killarney's Public House Studios. Welcome back to Health 411. I'm Dr. Jonathan Karp in the studio with Diamond McNellis, and we are talking about stem cells, an overview of stem cells, what they are and what they are not, and what they might mean to you. Now, at the last segment, we started to touch on what, we want, what I want to be a focus of the next segment 
although we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, Diamond. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the ethical issues in yes. stem cell research. This is very interesting. It is interesting. And, and uh, you know, I've called stem cells before, and I didn't make this up, but being a little flippant, God cells, because these are cells that can turn into anything we want. Um, I hear that all the time, and I hear people who are against it, they say they're against it because you're playing God. No, are you? I mean, well, and what what do you think people mean by that when they say you're playing God? I don't know. I guess you're fighting fate or you were born to have some type of disease. But then when you think about it, isn't all medicine playing God or indeed going against, you know, so it's definitely so is eating right, exercising, Everything. sleeping, you're going against what would happen. Any type of I- advancement, advancement intellectually, anything would be then playing God. Yeah, well, it's like wearing glasses. Yeah, anything. <laughs> you know, you were meant not to see. If man were if meant we, to fly, he would have wings. Yep. Um, and so a lot of things, you know, if I were meant to communicate with somebody I couldn't see, you know, we would be born with, you know, cell phone antennas on our head. <laughs> um, but a lot of these issues related to stem cells are very prevalent because, you know, when stem cell research basically, you know, got underway, um, you know, the major source of stem cells was abortion fetal tissue mm-hmm. and that you know these organs are with very very rich in stem cells and a lot of research and that created I mean there's a lot of debates um, about that about the ethics of it about informed consent about paying for tissues of you know where people getting pregnant and then you know just to have abortion to make fetal and, and you know and rightly so those are those are those are things that are a thing but it's you know people pay for oocytes you know, you see ads in college newspapers all the time for $25,000, $30,000 to get oversights. Um, and there's risks of having the procedure done and all that. Um, and those are that's a one kind of research with embryonic stem cells. Most embryonic stem cells that are studied now do not come from that, do, are not related to that big controversy that happened with Planned Parenthood during the last election. and. people who are opposed to it recorded things. Most of the research that's being done in embryonic stem cells comes from stem cells from the inner cell mass of what's called a blastocyst. That's like five days with a human, five days after fertilization in a petri dish. And the idea is you harvest those cells and then you try to coax them into be the the kinds of cells you want. Those are most, you know, and and that's where most research is done now. When we talk about adult stem cells, the... The, 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 when we talk about getting them out of the bone marrow, m- marrow or getting them from liver or from skin or from, I guess you could get them from brain, brain as well, those, the, 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 those or- organs are not as enriched with stem cells as a fetus would be or the embryo would be. Um, and, but that's where some of the most exciting kind of research comes from because you're avoiding some of the, the ethical problems that come from the idea that people might just be creating fetuses the old-fashioned way and then you know, being, you know, being paid for the, the tissue of those mm-hmm. sort of things. Um, and there are there are some people that think that you know a human life, I mean your God cell, begins you know from once you have that one cell, the two cell, the four cell thing, before even implantation happens. There are other people who think that life only happens in, at implant 
implant, implantation into the uterine wall, which can might not happen to five to nine days after fertilization mm -hmm. anyway, um, even if you're doing it the old-fashioned way with uh, fertilization in, in, the, in, in the fallopian tube. Um, there are other people who say, you know, human life begins like in a uterus. It doesn't be begin in a test tube or a refrigerator. So there's a lot of different ways of looking at that, and some of those, you know, are, are controversial in, in kinds of things like that. Uh, our government has rules about that. Um, in the United States, some of the rules are um, a l more restrictive than other countries that are out there. And this, in terms of the ethics of using stem cells, is, a, is a something we, that I, I need to address and want to talk about. And it's sort of the idea under what's called stem cell tourism. Stem cell tourism is the idea that if you have a disorder uh, and you hear about there's you know a cure for whatever disorder this is in Mexico, in Russia, in Brazil, you know there are people from the United States who will do you know research online and then go to these offshore clinics, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And you're, you're smiling. Yeah, I've heard of a lot of instances. I know that athletes sometimes do it i know peyton manning went to europe and had stem cell injections when my brother was doing his research to find a doctor there were a couple in panama that had high reviews but they were from the united states but they were doctors that moved there so that they could open their practices but yes it's a very yeah. large and, topic and, and these clinics which can be russia china mexico South everywhere America, yeah. everywhere in the world and people go how come they're not in the united states well these clinics which are largely unregulated um have websites with glowing testimonials from patients yes. um and we've all seen these things and we all hear these wonderful stories uh when there are problems we often don't hear about these problems and if you I've call up our, yeah you contact these sort of things um and i want to to direct people who might be interested in reading, you know, not, not super nerdy science, but the, um, the June 23rd, 2016 New York Times had an article in it called A Cautionary Tale of Stem Cell Tourism. And that's exactly, exactly what we're talking about. Here is a, an attorney in the United States, a bright guy who had a stroke. And after his stroke, regained the ability to walk and move, and to only, but only to a certain degree. Um, and he got was interested in re regaining a lot of function. Um, and you know, he didn't want to go to Russia, so he went to Mexico, which was a lot closer. Um, and he had some stem cell therapies you know, on, in his spinal cord. And in, for a short amount of time, he was able to walk and stuff like that. Um, but what ended up happening? Here's, here's a guy who had these stem cell injections. The stem cells started doing a whole bunch of stuff and it changed his physiology, but eventually de developed into a whole bunch of tumors <sighs> in his vertebral column. And now he can't walk at all. He's, he's a, basically a quadriplegic. Um, and there are a lot of potential problems like that are the u.s government tends to be a little bit more conservative mm -hmm. about approving uh treatments um and things like that in 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 my world of you know background of you know neuroscience and neurobiology you know 
eight, ten years ago, there was a big thing about curing Parkinson's disease using, you know, stem cell treatments to Parkinson's patients in Mex all these Mexico clinics. You don't hear about that stuff anymore because a lot of it didn't pan out. And if you went back and just looking at newspapers from, you know, many, many years ago, there's there's these big excitement things. But one reason that these treatments have to this point have not become you know, approved by the U.S. authorities is not because there's a big conspiracy that, you know, people are trying to, you know, you know, keep these cures secret. Yes, you know, I the, hear the, that the all the, the time. government has these cures, but it's all secret. Yeah. You know, you know, okay, so every government's allowed to have its own secrecy. But when it comes to, like, medicine and things like that, if something really worked, I, I, I tend to think the word would get out there. Oh, um, yeah. And in, in the case of stem cell tourism, it's a big business. And, you know, maybe the people in, in these clinics are too busy. And this is, this is going back a few years now to my own things. My own mother had a disease that potentially could have been treated by stem cells. And what those clinics told my dad was, we're too busy curing people to publish the studies. We're too busy curing people to do you know, placebo-controlled trials. The it's all about making money. It's all about making money, and these things are not cheap. And that's what I was going to ask. Were they... Physicians who trained and studied here in the U.S. and moved because they wanted to help people, or is it people in Mexico who want to make money? It's usually people abroad. I just don't want to pick out Mexico. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, it's usually these clinics make a lot of money. Yeah, and they they cater to a lot of them to people from first world nations who have the money to pay for it. To pay for it, and you know the expression is there are no atheists in the trenches because if you have a long term debilitating disease it's not going to get better uh, people get scared and the, the, the New York Times article that I referred to the, 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 the patient is actually quoted he says I thought you know it's not going to get make me any worse how much worse it can be I'm already in pain you know I have barely any mobility I'll just try it it's not going to get any worse um, it did get worse because uh, it's largely unregulated sort of thing and it's just it's sort of again it's sort of a, when it comes to these health care health care claims it's buyer beware people can make these claims and make promises it it doesn't always mean it's experimentally verified and the likelihood for success is yeah not you okay. can say anything yeah you have to just, prove it <laughs> right stem cell clinics say a lot of different things and they make it sound like this this can cure everything and that's probably not the case and, and there are problems of understanding the basic cell biology of the stem cells having the stem cells at the right stage having them induced to the right point um, about you know your your own the what we call host factors your own body chemistry of what's going on yeah the different molecules that have to interact with the cells stuff like that everything absolutely it's, there's a, there's it's a intense lot, there's a lot of unknowns and people complain that the pace of science is very very slow but the idea is you know people don't want to say something is effective when it's not it's 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 more conservative to miss something that might be effective than to say something effective when it's not and cause more harm i think that's also people who don't realize how intense it is and how much there is to it because yeah science moves slow it does oh yeah unfortunately so unfortunately we've come to the end of uh, end of this segment 1077 the bronc 1077 the bronc.com live from the Killarney's public house studios thank you for listening to health 411 i'd like to thank diamond 
today, and I hope this program has helped inform you a little bit about stem cells, what they are, what they're not. Um, if you have questions and or comments about this program or the Health Studies Institute at Ryder University, please email us at hsi at rider, R-I-D-E-R, dot edu.